So I'm Cassie. Um, I'm here today at RHI. The date is Tuesday, November 24th um, at almost 4 o'clock p.m. Um, can you tell me um, your name and um, what you do here at RHI? Hi, my name is Benita Felix, and I'm an outreach worker here at Red Hook Initiative. Okay, cool. Um, can you just start by telling me, how long have you lived in Red Hook? Um, I'm 40, blah, blah, I'm 47, and my grandmother has been here, I'll say, she's been here 49 years, and I've been here with her, let's say about 29 of those. Okay. So I was with my mother first. My grandmother actually raised me on and off. So my father's mother. So okay. So how old were you when you first moved to Red Hook? Um, well, my grandmother came first. I think I was about 10, 11, and I didn't really come out here that much. Then 12 years old, my father would bring us over like every three months on the weekends or whatever. And that's how the relationship with Red Hook started because my grandmother was here for almost two years before we really started coming to visit. And then... I have family out here already, but um, very small, but I have family out here already. Mm. So Okay, and so, so when you were 12, you started coming here a little bit, and then when did you, did you, did you move here as a teenager, or did you? Um, I came back as a, I came back as a teenager to go to school, that didn't work out. Um, yeah, I was a little ruthless teenager. Then I came back after I had my son. I was a teen mother, so I came back, and I've been here ever since. I said just stayed because I felt comfortable, more comfortable here than I did in East New York. I hated East New York. Okay. Yeah. Um, tell, can you tell me a little bit about, I feel like I totally messed up my hair. Can I ask you one more thing? Can we take off your bracelet? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you tell me a little bit about like when you first came here, when you were like 10, 12 to visit your grandmother, what did you think of Red Hook? Like, what was that, what was that like for you? Um, well, it was a little different because I was so used to being in apartment buildings and my grandmother had moved from Flatbush and those apartments are really, really, really big and the buildings are not that tall, no more than five stories, each building. And my mother lived in an apartment building too, but it was at the time they called them like, you know, they weren't, they were decent apartment buildings. It wasn't like a slum or anything, but it was a decent apartment building. So, and I lived near Brownsville Projects we had moved from a, what they called a welfare hotel. We got burned out in one, one building. We got burned out, and so they sent us there. So that's where we got the new apartment. But anyway, um, when I first went to Red Hook, it was like a little daunting because it was like it was too many. It's like all these people in one place now. Like you got four buildings on the block instead of, buildings next to each other it's like four buildings on one block so that was a little daunting for me but then I saw how everybody was in one big circle everybody played or sat in one place and before it was either you were in the person's house or you sat on the front steps so it was a little different for me I was like okay never had this before situation before did you um did you make friends with other kids who lived here um, not at first. I think that's why it was harder for me to keep friends when I did kind of make them because, you know, I made the friends, but it was like, um, it was also always something that I wound up over the years, not 
being friends anymore, just separating myself because it's like you have people that grew up out here since they from birth and I don't know, they know each other before you get there. So it's like a real it's a territorial thing. So it's like I knew who to be neutral with and who I could just say hi and bye to. And you find out early who you can say hi and bye to and who you could actually be friendly with. So, because people form relationships, I guess their parents know each other, then they're born, they grow up. So it's a territorial thing. Mm -hmm. So if you're not basically born here or it's like that everywhere. I wasn't born here. I had family here, so I didn't live here first. So now I'm, it's like, I'm new, even though so I was like, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. but I've been here a long time now, so. Do you remember at all, like, when you were, when you first got, started coming here when you were 12, 10, 12, like, any, any, any specific things that happened that made you realize this thing about, like, oh, I'm not really born here, like, are these people I can talk to? Do you remember anything specific, like, anything that anyone said to you? There was or? always, um, um, why don't you, uh, where are you from? And they used to call this part of Brooklyn downtown i don't know downtown so they will always tell me you know i had got into an argument you know guys boy young guys are cruel so he was like why don't you go back uptown i was like oh so they consider east new york uptown they keep you know, call these east new york uptown because this is downtown brooklyn so i guess for them it was uptown brooklyn so that was the only thing i'm like well i'm visiting my grandmother lives here so why would you tell me something like that you understand mm -hmm. what i'm saying and i don't i don't care where you're from if you Everybody has a right to say, has a right to their opinion. So, yeah, it's a territorial thing with people. I don't, I didn't get it. Mm. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so, okay, interesting. Um, did anyone, like, tell you that? Did anyone, like, prepare you for that? Or were you kind of just like, ah. No, nobody prepared me for that. Nope, nobody told me nothing. You get into an argument with somebody, playing around, you get into a real argument, and... That's where it went. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so tell me a little bit about like what would you so how, where would you like where would you like meet these kids who would say that like just like on the playground or like it's like peep, the kids from the other building everybody's sitting out everybody's in their little clique you found somebody you're comfortable with they and they're in a little clique but you found somebody you're comfortable with but still being that you're you weren't you did your parents didn't know each other. See, my grandmother's family is from out here. Her cousin's children were born and raised out here. So it's different. So being that I wasn't born out here and I came after everybody was at least nine or ten, it's different. Mm. So did your cut so did you have cousins that were born here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Did did you hang with them? Were they Well what? Um my grandmother didn't come out here a lot when we were little because we were in Flatbush and I had an aunt that was sick that she raised all the time. She was sick. So she really didn't, we didn't come over here as much. A few times when I was younger, I remember coming to the barbecues over here with the family and that's it. That was probably about three times my whole time I was little. Mm -hmm. And then once they said they were moving here, I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was there anything about Red Hook that you were like, kind of like, oh, this is cool, like when you first started coming here to visit your grandmother? I just thought it was a little different, even though I've, I was right over the bridge from Brownsville. I just thought it was a little different. Um, and I realized it was different from actually the train station, the walk from the train station. When I came over here to switch schools 
and to finally save my grandmother. I noticed it was different from the train station for a long time because you walk in from the train station, but where I'm at is you come out where I was growing up at, you come out the train station, it's mostly, it's, it, well, it's mostly um, Hispanic, African-American. But this train station, you see Hispanic and African-American, but then you had people, the people who lived on Court Street. Right. And it just looked, it just looked different when you walked out. It looked like you were in maybe Manhattan somewhere. Yeah, that's in Manhattan. And you walk, you could go to Court Street. And then it was different because when you walk to the back, there, there's home, there was homes back there. And I, and water, and I never was in a, place like that Brownsville didn't look like that even though it was a housing project Brownsville didn't look like that that's what I knew was like a little different like okay I've never seen this before it's like you go to the corner it's the same people black or Hispanic and you know it's even though the blacks and Hispanics are in the homes back there see in East New York is different you really have to walk to where the homes are here it's like we're in the middle of every of of everything so yeah, it was different. Interesting. And back then, um, like, did you know people who lived in like the houses in the uh, back? Um, only two families. Um, one lady, you probably know her, Jackie. That she's at the Justice Center. I haven't met her. But with the head wrap, her family grew up in one of the homes in the back. Um, it was a lot of them. And wait, my friend Tina's mother. They were back there. They were here first. Then they moved back there. And I forgot the lady's name. She has back there, she had a long time. She had triplets. I can't remember. I don't know if she's still here, but she was Hispanic. So it was like two black families I knew back there and a Hispanic woman. Mm -hmm. Was it, was it like now there's like a lot, a lot of white people that own those houses over there. Was it like that then or was it, was it more? They've still... always, they've always been back. Well, not like it is now, but they've, they've always been back there. That's what I tell people. I don't know why people are so shocked that that more more white people or whatever are moving in the neighborhood. I'm like, but it's always been a little diverse back there and mostly it wasn't that many black families like that. Like it was more Hispanic families with homes back there than blacks and it's maybe a few Italians, maybe some people with different um racial backgrounds but not Hispanic. Mm -hmm. I said but so I was surprised when everybody was getting all upset about the I'm like, it's always been like that. It's just we were all, I said, still today, we're, we stay here. Nobody wants to walk to the back. Everybody, like, if they have something back there, nobody wants to walk to the back. Oh, they're, oh, it's just going to be a bunch of white people there. I'm like, that's not, they're not that's not fair. They've always been there. Mm -hmm. It seems like now they didn't used to do the, like, all of the stuff they have now, the festivals and all of that stuff. So it was just, if we had fireworks or something, you lucky you could walk to the pier and, and watch them because we could see them. We can see them. The Statue of Liberty is right there. We can see it. Mm -hmm. So, always been like that mm -hmm. to me. It's always been other people here besides us, just not in the housing projects. Mm -hmm. So, I was surprised when it was like, oh, they're building all this stuff for white people. I'm like, well, the white people were back there already. Mm -hmm. hmm. So... What can you tell me a little bit about like when you first um when you actually like moved here? So when you were a mom um and you moved here, just tell me like the story of what that was like, what why you decided to move here, where you where you lived, like what what that was like for you. Um uh, well 
I wasn't getting along with the people where um, we were at. And it was terrible. I was always getting to them. Where were? Where were you? Near Brownsville, right over the bridge from Brownsville. I didn't get along with anybody. And I knew, it seemed like I knew more people here than I did over there. I got more people. If I came over and I didn't come over for a whole six months, I come back, everybody's like, oh, where you been? So it was like, I didn't get to form those friendships in East New York. More people knew me over here. So then when I decided to just stay in one spot, but my grandmother, it was like, I knew, I knew everybody. I didn't have to get to know them like all, you know, all over again. I knew everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So, um, so when you t- tell me like where you moved in, what, where was your apartment? Where did you move into? How old was your kid? All that stuff. Um, my grandmother used to live at 426 Columbia street on one a, that's the first one she moved in. And up until, um, let me see, I moved in with her and my son in 1986 about 1986, and then 2000, she moved on another block. She Well, she moved down the block, across from the block on Slide Time, Black Pony. She moved down there, 2000. So she was on that block years before I had my baby. So, was, yeah, she was on that block a long time before she moved. Okay. And, and then you stayed in that apartment when she moved? No, I actually, I'm on Mill Street. Before she knew what she knew, she was moving out, and I'm, I was getting ready to have my daughter. I was like, I'm not having another baby. I'm not bringing another baby in this apartment. So I had an application, and so I'm on 116 Mill Street. So she went to 493 Columbia, and then and two months later, they called me because they rushed it for me. Back then, they would do that, and I went to 116 Mill Street okay. up front. Okay, cool. Um, and So you must have had, like, a good relationship with your grandmother. What was your relationship like with your grandmother, or what is what is it like? Well, it's... Up and down, but you know, some people that are from different generations, and even though I understand where, where she came from, don't get me wrong, but it's like a lot of things she you have to really try to get her to understand, and she's not get she don't she's not getting it. I guess at her age, it's like <laughs> it is what it is, and that's it. It's you know, it's my way to hat or the highway. So, but I listen to her, it's been hard. Because, you know, we have so many differences and sometimes each kid is not perfect and you they just do things that you be like, what are you doing? I didn't raise you like that. But in the end, we're all, we're there for each other. That's, that's all that counts. So when you first moved in with your, your grandmother, you had, uh, in 1986, is that right? Yeah. You had, you had one little son. Yeah. Young? Was he young? Yeah. I was, yeah. He was, I, he was only a year old yet. When I moved in, he wasn't a year yet. Okay. So tell, go back to that time if you could and just tell me what it, what was it like to like be all of a sudden living with your grandmother there? Like I felt better there, even though she was a little stricter. And that's probably, that's probably she, I got, I had to go back home in the first place because she was too strict. But, um, duh, how ironic. I leave you because you're too strict and then I get pregnant. <laughs> but, um, I don't, at the time, my mother, like, you know, you don't say anything bad about your mother, no matter what, because my grandmother raised me like that, because everybody, some people don't have a mother. I, I think I, I just didn't want to be there. The, my son's father was down the block. It was too much going on. I didn't want to be around him. <laughs> I didn't want to be around. I'm like, and I felt better. I just picked him up and I told my mother, I'm not coming back. Cause, and I stayed out there. And that's where we all, we all grew up here. 
Mm-hmm. Me and my sister. Then my, my little sisters came over. So we all grew up over here with Nana. Oh. Yeah. So then after you came, your sisters moved in with your grandma too? Yeah. About two or three years later. Okay. It was that it was that kind of situation at home where they should have been with her anyway. Mm-hmm. But gotcha. yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell me about and how many kids do you have? Now I have four. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, tell me about I mean, you since you've raised your kids here, you probably don't have like that much of a comparison, but like what is it like to raise what was it like to raise your kids here? I mean I always like look around like I, I say this to the digital stores. I'm like, rhetoric is so quiet. And they're like, no, it's not. And I'm like, but it is. Like, it is compared to the rest of... And, like, kids just walk around. Naheem just picked up his brothers from school and was like, oh, go to home. Like, it's like a closeness. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, like, what was it like to raise your kids here? Um, Well, my first... Well, my first kid, my, I didn't really want him to play with too many kids, but my aunt would always take him outside. So... You know, he got a little spoiled and, you know, he got caught up in the streets or whatever. But I like raising him here as opposed to, because at least see it as, as opposed to where I would have, if I would have stayed where I was at. I like raising him here. It's, it's just better. Everybody just knows everybody more. You may you may have people that don't like you, but at least, you know, it's like every everybody's spread out, even though it's a lot of people out here. So you have... The more friends you have, the or the more people you associate with, the better. They're gonna look out for your kid or say, "Oh, well, your kid outside doing something they'll handle business doing," which mm-hmm. not like that anymore. But I like raising them out here. Even now, my second daughter, I, the same thing. I pull back a little bit because everybody knows each other. Everybody knows how each other's kids are. It's like, no, I don't want my kid to play because I don't want my kid to come over here and say, "Any he had to hit, hit your kid," but. Even though I don't let them go out too much, because a lot of kids out here, I'm like, yeah, but it's ten o'clock at night. Why y'all? Why y'all outside? Even in the summertime, I don't. It's ten o'clock. Y'all seven, seven, eight years old. Why y'all? Why are you guys outside by yourself? And I said, I don't know. Are they? Are their mom at work? No. So I know it's hard for a lot of people to get there, but I'm like, mom at work? No, mom's in the house. Why are y'all outside 10 o'clock at night, even if it is in the summertime? If every there's no adults outside, why are y'all still out here? Mm-hmm. So, but I don't say it out loud because, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you in a minute. Oh, my business. Okay, your kid disappears. All right. I'm <laughs> just saying. I don't mean it like that, but I'm like, hey, things, things, things happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you, so, but, but back when you were raising, your kids were younger. Yeah. Do you um do you remember like a specific time that someone called you and said like, hey, your I just saw your kids. They're over here and like some you got your your kids got in trouble. It was always the one, the oldest son. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, he's doing this. Okay, well, yeah, bring him on in. No, okay, I'm gonna yeah, bring him on in. Like, what he did. Oh yeah, that sounds like he did it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm coming outside and they knock on the door. You know, they're out there fighting. All right, I'm coming. <laughs> because at least with them, that's when you can have your kid outside when all the adults outside are outside. Now it's a little different. You can't say anything to people's kids now. You got to really be careful what you say. I mean, it always should be like that. But now you really have to be careful what you say because a kid could take your word and say the wrong thing, wrong word throw the wrong word in there and you're out there arguing. Yeah. Right. right. 
Do you, do you have a specific example that you remember with your oldest kid or any of your kids of, of somebody like calling you, like something specific that happened that stands out in your memory that your kid was doing that someone called you and was like... Well, they knocked on the door. Well, they knocked on the door. He was outside. Well, fighting, he started fighting and he was outside one of the, my grandmother's neighbors. So my grandmother's neighbor, bro, you know, said he's outside fighting and my, me and my grandmother's in the house. So brought him in the house and... They just asked, um, I talked to the mother and the other kid, like I would never talk to him in front of the other mother and the kid, because technically I really don't know what the other kid did. So, but I wouldn't talk to him in front of them. I would talk to him because sometimes the other, you know, other kids, I've seen it. Other kids, like they may do something and get away with it, but now they're, they're going to lie and say, you did it. And now you're, you're reprimanding this, your kid in front of this kid. He's like, yeah. Because I'll see that happen, so I don't do, yeah, I would send him in the house, and she would bring her son, and I would talk to whoever it was, like, no, I'm not going to talk to him. And I'll be like, all right, I'll talk to him. And that's all I would say. And and because I would, I see too much, like, how parents would get into it with, oh, my kid said you did this, or my kid said you didn't. So my thing is, okay, I'm going to listen to you and see what you said. That's what he did, okay. All right, well, I'll talk to him. That was it. <laughs> Cut and dry. I'm not giving you nothing else. Mm -hmm. You can get mad. And I'm not giving you nothing else. I'm not bringing him out here. I'm not going to reprimand him in you because in front of you because, no, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't do that. To, I mean, I don't know, but mm -hmm. I'm not doing that for you. We're mm -hmm. not here for that show. I'm going to talk to him private. Right. Exactly. Just like I know when you take your your kid home, you're going to talk to him. Right? What you're going to say, you're not going to say what you want to in front of me. So guess what? I'll keep him inside and I'll talk to him inside. It's like, that's how I used to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you have um, other, like, friends, like, friends who were parents here, like, with young kids, too? Yeah. That you would, like, hang out with? and. Well, I would try to hang out with them, but a lot of these, a lot of mother, the mothers out here, like, it was so much of, it was like being in a suburb. Oh, I'm better than this mother, or... I'm better than her, so I would sit outside with them, but I could tell that they really didn't, some, and sometimes they didn't want me around, so, you know, I mean, you know. Why? I mean, it's just they had their little groups, you know, it, it was like they were still forming little groups, so I, you know, quickly said to myself, oh boy, I got to deal with this until I'm an adult, and into adulthood, even now, it's the same thing with adults now, it's, they have their little groups sometimes, and you got to know when you're adult, you can handle it better, though. So I'm like, when when you got to deal with that, I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to remove myself. I'll sit outside for a little bit, try to be try to be social. But after that, I'm like, nah, this is not working. Mm -hmm. I mean, y'all don't want me around. I'm not, you know, don't worry. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting living in, like, a city or and also living in, like, a big building because you're surrounded by people all the time in a way that, like, if you lived in a house, like, in the country or something, you wouldn't be surrounded by people. So, like, these, the idea of, like, the little groups is such a thing of, like, the city, yeah, it seems right. like, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I keep to myself. I socialize a little bit and, hey, mm -hmm. <laughs> when you, you throw your vibe at me, I'm like, okay, gotcha. I'm out. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> do you um do you have your little group? No, no little group. Um, and I think that's the messed up part. It's like if when you grow up out here, if you don't belong to a group, like if you know everybody and you get along with everybody, you know everybody from in every group. 
You get along with everybody. You say hi to everybody. You can even hang with some of these people for at least five or ten minutes. But it's like once they form their group, the group is formed. So I, my thing is I am neutral with everybody, but I'm not hanging out with any of you but so much. I have certain people that were um, my family's associated with, very small few that I could go with them anywhere. You know, they're not here always around, but I could go with them anywhere, mm. even though they have little groups. But there's a few people that know my family that, you know, are in the family by, you know, being welcome or like being a godchild to my aunt. My aunt had a few, God, like three godchildren out here. So I know them, you know, mm -hmm. and I know their little circle. But other than that, no circle. Mm -hmm. I didn't believe in that stuff. It's just... If you don't like each other, fine. But when it's a group and another group, it's like, hey, this is ridiculous. <laughs> what What are the like? What are the group like? I I mean, I can think. I think a lot of like people are like this. Like, I can think of like within like people who I know. Like, there's like the like there's this gr there's like all these different little friend groups. So, how would you like characterize some of these groups? Like, are they, like is it around interests or around like like what brings oh. those people together? You know. Oh, the I'm better, they, well, they have the I'm better than everybody group. <laughs> oh, I'm better than you because I have this kind of job group. Or I'm just better than you because you don't have a job group. <laughs> There's three basic groups. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all based on I'm better than you. Yeah. Exactly. They're all based on I'm better than you. Is it anything about, like, people, like, thinking that they, like, look the best or, like, dress the best? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, they, they put way too much emphasis, especially in these kind of communities. I'm like, you have people that live in Brooklyn Heights who are, who are paying, are in vacation. I mean, I told, I was telling one of my little cousins, I'm like, okay, listen, you're, you're teasing the kid with the converse and he's getting off at, um, he's getting off at Montague Street on a bus. You're teasing the kid. I said, you're going to summer camp. You know where he's going? I said, he's going to Club Med. Mm -hmm. you're, you're going to summer camp He's going to swim with the uh, skate fish You're going to summer camp I said but those people It's always the people that have less money That they put so much emphasis on here Out here And I'm not saying you're supposed to want to look good But I'm like Y'all put too much emphasis on it Like, So what if somebody doesn't have a Gucci bag Like if their bag is, is nice It's a decent It's nice It doesn't have to be Gucci I don't have a Gucci bag. Uh, all the time. I like I and I told somebody I said, listen, my grandmother cleaned this lady's house. She's from old money. This lady never had a Gucci bag. So what does that tell you guys? Y'all out here breaking your neck to buy a Gucci bag. And you should have one. I said, Don't think I like Gucci. I like Louis Vuitton and all that stuff too. But my thing is at the end of the day, I want I like what I like. And you and you can like what you like. That's what it all boils down to. Do you know a lot of people who are trying, who like wear, have designer, carry around designer handbags? I don't know anyone who carries oh, around yes. designer well, handbags. Well, I mean, oh I have one to be honest, but I don't really don't carry it. Like the way they, they, they carry them every day. People have to see that they have a designer, sorry, name bag. They wear it every day. Hmm. It's like, I don't think I could pay a thousand dollars for something and wear it every day because you're putting wear and tear on it in the rain, in the snow. I'm like, it's not titanium is, is a handbag so i'm like when you they wear basically almost every day they have to let people see that they have one 
What kind do you have and when do you wear it or take it out? What Do you have like special occasions? Well, I saved up and bought a Goyard tote bag, but I will never take it out. Ever? No. And I bought the one under, uh, it was like eight. I was not trying to go over that because that's just crazy because I was dividing it up. Like, hmm, how much is my rent? I was doing that like, what's my rent all year? Then I was like, okay, what's my food all year? I said, because if it's like a small quarter, okay, then... If I save up a little bit, a little bit, then, okay, I'll get one thing, and that's it. One expensive item, and that's it. Mm-hmm. After that, I'm good. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm good after that. <laughs> I have kids. It was like, yeah, kids. no, totally, yeah. Um, I'm curious about, like, what you have learned. How long have you worked at RHI? Um, well, um, legally? <laughs> well, no, on, on, on books, uh, it'll be a year February. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious what you have learned about Red Hook working at RHI. You know, like you're here you are like every day, all these kids come in. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine that you have a different perspective on the community from like from in here. Yeah. Um it's the same it's the same uh concept I had outside the building because I was one of those people too. I didn't like to participate in too many community things because Again, it was just being around the people. It had nothing to do with the community or, or not wanting to be for a cause. It was just dealing with the people who live out here. Um, I mean, if I had a few little things. When I did AmeriCorps, I mean, it was different. I was still out here in the community, but I was in the school. It was totally different because we didn't have to deal with the community, but ever so often. But so, I mean... Once I got in here, I saw how a little, I don't know, how people could be so ungrateful and just complaining all the time about what an organization is not doing. So I'm like, people, oh, they're going to they're gonna complain regardless. They'll complain what the organization is not doing, what, what NYCH is not doing, what, um, the, the somebody and a politician is not doing. I said it's always something, even if they aren't doing anything. But my thing is, the building's still here, the building is still standing, so they must be <laughs> they must be doing something. Because at the end of the day, you got to think about it. A politician could lose his seat. This building has been here a while now. You understand what I'm saying? So I just think from the outside, from in here looking outside, it says people are just. You can't make, well, you can't make everybody happy. That saying is really, should be like really strong in here. You can't make everybody happy. Mm. Hmm. Yep. So, so you just feel like you get this, people come to you here at RHI with their sort of like issues with, with mm. the community. Is that kind of what you, well, being on an outreach team. Oh, it, you're on the, right. Right. Yeah. So, but every now and then you get a person who can I ask you to take off your ring? Well, well of course. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. <laughs> You'll have a person, sorry, oh, that'll, okay. that'll go off course when you focus in on what you're supposed to do an outreach for. I'm here to give you a flyer so you can come enjoy yourself and sign up to get your resume done. And you know if they'll help me with NYCHA, I can't. No, you got to stay on course. So every now and then you get somebody that goes off course. They don't want to hear what you have to say about resume out there. Can it help me with NYCHA? It's not NYCHA. NYCHA, this is Red Hook and <laughs> Rear Hook Initiative. Okay, I see what you mean. So they're just like, they, 
okay, I see what you mean, totally. They're just like, oh, you want to talk to me about what's going on with me? Great, I'll tell you everything. Like, I'll tell you all my problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just asked you if you need resume. Would you like to get a resume? <laughs> They're like, no, but I need my sync fix. They're exactly. Like, I can't right. help. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, um, what do you like the most about, like, RHI? Or what, like, what do you, what do you see here that, like, makes you feel, like, like, happy or, like, delighted or interested or... Um, even when I'm given a task, it's, even though it's scary, um, I go into it slow at first, but my, if it doesn't work out, I try not to get disappointed because it's hard to get people out here to participate in a lot of things. And technically it's your job to try to get people to come in and make use of the program. So I've been really learning not to get too disappointed. I'm starting to get used to that now, not getting disappointed or not. When somebody says, oh, I'm going to come in when 50 people say they're going to come in and then 15 or 20 people show up. So I learned now to just let it let, let it go because it's like, like I said, you can't make everybody happy. People always say what they want to do, but they don't. Some people just change their mind last minute. And eventually they'll make it through the doors. Some of them eventually, but yeah, it's like, I just hate that some people just, um, feel like they have to um, down this place all the time when they don't get what they want. Or I'm not going to go back over there. Okay, we can see you someplace else. It's not easy. They don't get it. Life is not easy. This is what's going to happen. Nobody's going to drop something in your lap. Mm -hmm. That's how it is. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it's hard to get people to come out to things? Like, what, what do, why do you think that? Do you think that's specific? Like, what, why? Um, I think it's because, well, we do give small incentives and they're very nice to come out to do things and um I think a lot of times people just have so many things that they're trying to focus on like if they don't have a job they get tired of going for coming to get their resume looked at they get tired of being sitting here or there I just think it's um I think they give up some of them not all of them you have some that just give up a little bit some that they they want to give up, but they keep going. You know, they may not participate as much, but they keep going because and they really try to do it themselves. They want to find it themselves first they, before they come to somebody for help. And then you have those that just they don't care. They don't want to do anything. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. don't ask them to come do anything. They don't. They don't want to. Hmm. So interesting. Um, do you have? Can you go for like? Seven more minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. We are, we've already done 36 minutes. Okay. So. <laughs> but I could like, I'm like obsessed with interviewing people. I could interview people for like five hours, but I won't make you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, you alluded to a little bit, but like how has Red Hook changed? Like what kind of changes do you see in Red Hook and, and what do you think about them? Like are, are there some changes that you are just like, what? And some changes that you're kind of like, okay. Um. Well, I think the other, the few, um, one change that I can see that makes me, like laugh a little bit because we have um even though it's not funny but it's funny on some other level because now you have a lot of family or people that are moving out of the project or if they're either they're getting evicted or either they're leaving some people make enough money they leave or but now i see people are complaining because they're not replacing the people with the same race that was there before. We have Asians, a lot of Asians coming in now. So um, they said, oh, they're trying to get rid of us. I'm like, well, I don't think they're trying to get 
rid of us. I said, it's just, I said, now you could be right. They may be trying to get rid of some of us. I said, but trust me, if you stay here, you here and you pay your rent, they're, they're not going to get rid of you. You pay your rent and you're or a decent tenant. You know, they're, they're not going to get rid of you, but I'm, I think they're just making it, trying to make it more diverse. And a lot of more people really want that. They don't it's mind that they, now they see, Oh, I, I guess I'll have, I can live in a housing project. I told them, I said, they're trying to make these a little, bit diverse. I told them we have a, a few housing projects like that. It's not just us and Hispanics. It's us, Hispanics, Greeks, Italians. They have a few and a few housing projects like that. Like Cherry Houses, that place has such a long waiting list because it's Chinese, Koreans, Blacks, and Hispanics. Where is that? It's, um, you get off the F train at um, East Broadway. That's a housing project, Cherry Houses. Yep. And people like that. People want to live there because it is more, it feels more diverse to them. Yeah. Cause I mean, people are not leaving that place. And I remember years ago when my son was little, I tried to get in there and it was like a four year waiting list. People were not leaving because it, it was comfortable for them. It's more diverse. Hmm. So, you know, we always hear little people saying, I mean, I noticed that I'm like, Oh, well, I'm not surprised that's happening because I said there are, there have been, there's a few housing projects like that. That's one good change I saw. Um, the, another um, change is, even though they didn't want it, okay, they got IKEA here. What do you think of that? What do you think of IKEA being here? Well, um, it gave people jobs out here. I mean, I, probably most of those people are gone for whatever reason or other, but it gave people jobs here. Um, I just think it was better for them to be to have something to do with that spot back there because it was like, oh, that, that thing was just sitting there for years. Kids would go back there and, and playing. It's dangerous. I'm like, what are they going to do with this place? And then when we finally got Ikea, people were complaining about the traffic. Yeah, it's more traffic, a little bit more traffic now, but I'm like, you know what? What what you going to do? And another good change, I was, well, even though a lot of people didn't like that they were building the the co-ops and those, these, all these new apartments out there, oh, they're building and stuff, all those rich people. I'm like, yeah, but there's nothing, there's nothing sitting on it. You understand what I'm saying? There's nothing sitting on it. So they said, oh, they should make those apartments affordable. I'm like, well, I'm not a real estate mogul, but I'm like, they're going to, whoever gets that land, they're going to put what they want back there. They, they may say one thing and do another. They'll tell somebody, oh, I'm going to put a unit of affordable housing. Then they don't do it. They were like, ah, oh, forget this. I, <laughs> I want to get this money and put a condo here. So my thing is, it is what it is. I mean, at least it's not empty buildings. We got all these restaurants now. We don't have all these stores that used to be there are not empty. We have all these restaurants now. And that's the change mm -hmm. that I, I like too. All these different restaurants mm -hmm. back there now. Mm -hmm. So tell me about the front and the back. Okay. Um, the differences? Or? I'm just, your perspective on it. The difference, like, yeah. Just from someone who's, someone who's lived here for a long time, like if, if, I, if I didn't even know what that was, like what would you tell me about the front and the back? Well, the front is the front. It's just, I don't know why people say the front and the back, but I don't know if they mean the back, like way in the back, like where the people with the homes are. And then you walk up a few blocks from that. And then it's the housing project in the back, the tall one. And then you have the rest of the housing project. But the back and the front, I mean, the back of the projects and the front of the projects, 
it's it's the same to me. It's just some people feel like their side is better than the other side. I'm like, what? There's no division here. We're we're all paying the same people. You understand what I'm saying? And as far as the back where the homes are, I'm like, most of those people have are have been here for years. You have a few new people back there who moving into homes, but you have a lot of people that have been back there already. So I think it's just new people moving in. That's it. That's that's the only difference I see. New people moving in, and you have still have a few people who are in their homes and hope and hopefully like these are homes like they, their kids grew up in. Now their kids are in a home, so they're still there. So let's see. Like when we get old and gray, their kids are probably gonna take stay in the same spot. So no difference, just new people to mm-hmm. me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's a lot of, um, would you, do you think that there's a lot of like people, I was talking to, um, this woman, Carmen, who owns Bodega on the corner of Van Brunt and Pioneer. Mm -hmm. And I was like, um, who comes to your bodega? And she was like, only people who work here or who work in the neighborhood. And I was like, really? And I was like, do people from like the back, like, like the houses in the back come? And she was like, no. And I was like, do people from the front come? And she's like, no. And I said, why? And she said, people don't like to, people just like to stay where they, where they are in Red Hook. And I was like, that's interesting. But I don't know. What do you think about that? But yeah, she's right. Like if, um, like, if all the stores were, well, they probably walked to the back. If something happened with the stores up here, they'd probably be forced to walk to the back. Or most most likely, these people, they wouldn't walk there. But um, she said only people that work back there, um, well, do they live out here? That's funny. Because if they only work, that means during the day. But during the evening, that's, that's she, it. That's what she said, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So she's so like I see what she's talking about. Only the people that work in the area come to the bodegas, and the people in the back, like if they really need something, they're not gonna go. Now those little apartments over them, where are you gonna go if you need something and she's open? You, you gotta go downstairs. Right. You gotta go over her. But I, I I get what she's saying about people in the back are not gonna come to the bodega. Yeah. Yeah, they're not. They're just gonna be without, or they'll get in their car and probably go somewhere, go someplace else. Yeah. And now with Fairway here, Fairway is open. I think till ten. Mm-hmm. Some people, when they come home, they get home early enough. They they don't want to go to the bodega. Oh, I'm gonna go to Fairway and get some stuff. Mm-hmm. So and go in the house. Mm-hmm. Do you like our? Um, do you do you go to? Where do you like to go in Red Hook? Where are your favorite places in Red Hook? Um, oh, well, um, it could be, it could be like someone's house or a park or a street or a store or, oh, well, um, well, I, I walk through the back a lot, but I don't know. I don't shop back there, but like, I just walk through the back sometime to see what's going on, especially after Sandy. Um, well, I guess I only have my Nana's house because she lives out here. And, you know, we don't really have any clubs or anything. It's like nothing. I mean, I don't go. I've never been to the, any of the bars or anything over here. You know, people say, she, say I should go. Only when somebody had an event. I think AmeriCorps had an event, and that was years ago. But other than that, I go to my Nana's house. I'm so I'm always out. Of the, I'm always in Manhattan. If I have, 
if I have to take the kids out or if I take them, like, I'll take them to the Brooklyn Museum or um, the movies on Court Street or if we go to Manhattan, like, we're getting ready to go see the Christmas tree when they do it or we'll just go to Manhattan and um, they want to, I want to take them to the High Line. So a lot of times I'm, I'm out of Brooklyn. So Red, you, Red Hook is where you come, where you work and where you live, but if you're going to go do something fun, you leave? Yep. <laughs> okay. On that F train, yep. <laughs> to Soho or the village and wherever else. <laughs> okay, cool. Yep. Cool, cool. Well, I could talk to you forever, but I don't want to keep you for too long. But is there, <laughs> is there anything else you would want people to know like about Red Hook that you would like to say or about from the back or just about Red Hook in general? Well, even though it... It's it's all separated. I mean, and no matter what, and as usual, there's still things going on in the middle. I can say in the middle part, being that everybody else is on the outskirts. But um, it, it it goes up in highs and lows with the, out here. Highs and lows. It it'll be all right for a little bit, and then it'll be down for a little, and be down for a little bit, and then next thing you know, it'll be all right. But um, I try to deal with it. I deal with it because, I mean, it, it, it could be worse. I mean, it could be worse. I'm like, if I was to say, if I was to get really afford to move, if I could really afford to move now unless it's, and get money for a co-op, I know I told somebody I wouldn't want to go to Manhattan. Why I can't, why they won't build, I said to somebody, how come we don't have no new houses? We all these condos and co-ops, no new houses. They said, so if you want, you can afford one. You, if they made a house out here and I could afford it, yes, I would get it. Why? I know everybody. I know everybody out here. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What? Where? When you said like the Red Hook kind of goes in, it's, it goes up and down. Where do you think it's at right now? It's quiet right now, especially with with the crime and stuff and the fighting and all that. It's quiet right now. So at any moment, it could get crazy. So my thing is. The police have been out here a lot, a lot, a lot, just sitting and with the holidays that come and stuff. And then in light of all of this stuff that's happening with all of these bombings and everything, I said, yeah, um, it, it's just too much stuff going on for them to be sitting here. The police? Yeah, they have to. It's like y'all have to sit here. That's messed up that y'all have to sit here. And it's like, wait for something to happen because there's always something to happen. And then when they're not here... Let's say if they weren't here at all, because at one point after it was a long time before they started that truck sitting there on Columbia Street. And if you see them now, you'll see the police cars late at night because we got the floodlights. I'm like, this is too much because what are you I mean, what are y'all trying to catch? If it's quiet, if it's quiet, what are y'all trying to quit, catch? Because mm -hmm. if there's a if they're shooting out here they don't come they'll probably know but if they're in the area they will not they really won't run into it most of the time they come after like way after so it's like like when they were shooting so much out here the truck was right there on columbia street hmm. so we couldn't figure it out i'm like i'm like you really think they're coming out that truck <laughs> like because at that point it's like you can't stop people from right by right or wrong shooting from blood so i'm like oh they hear the they hear the listen i'm like it's like, damn if you do, damn if you don't. It's like, if they're sitting in there and they hear shoot and, and they go out, they don't know exactly where it's coming from. So they go out, people could be right up on them. Mm -hmm. 
Right. And these people are getting bold. They don't care. They don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like uh, do you feel like there's mo- there's been more like crime recently? Or? No, it's quiet right now. Okay. And um, that's why I said let's see what happens <laughs> after. Well, thanks. Well, Thanksgiving weekend. Let's see what happens this weekend, and then you got Christmas coming, and then New Year's. So let's see what happens. Okay. Cool. So. Great. Thank yeah. you so much. No problem. Thank you. <laughs>